We're back for another episode of The Geopolitical View. And I'm your host, Quanda Francis. And today, I'm, I'm so we have a special segment, and I'm so incredibly happy about this. We have the legendary Paul Anthony joining the show. And I just want to thank you again for just taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to join the show. How are you today? I am good. I am good. This is the second time that you and I are connecting. Um, and, uh, I, I love your energy and it's wonderful to be here. There's a lot of wonderful things on the horizon. So, uh, yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good moment. It's a good time. That's, that's great. And again, I want to thank you for, um, joining the show. And I want to first point out to everyone and tell you, congratulations, because I see you were awarded an honorary doctorate degree. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. you're a, a, a technically <laughs> Dr. Anthony, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to get used to that one. There's a lot of people, Dr. Paul Anthony, you know, because uh, 40 years put in the work, you know, it's, so it's an, um, it's an incredible honor. You know, anything that people recognize you for what you do, large or small, you know, you don't take nothing for granted because life is so fleeting, you know what I mean? But I mean, it's it's a blessing to be to be honored in such a way, you know? Yes, yes. You know? So um, as people, whether it's through music or just speaking, I've always spoke with a sort of a philosophical tone to it. Um, So unbeknownst to me, to get it in philosophy and humanitarianism makes perfect sense. So, you know, the the purpose continues and the journey continues. That's great. That's great. And while we're tightening up, I'd like to just sort of just jump right in because a lot of people know who you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have you you have an incredible career that, as you said, has spans over forty years. Mm-hmm. You've had worked with some of, of you know Bob Dylan, uh, Rihanna, and you know you're you're just your 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 backstory in terms of just being contributing to over one hundred and sixty million uh, sales and CDs is like it's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But I want you to sort of introduce yourself and. Um, you know, to my audience and sort of tell them some things that they may not know about you in addition to everything that they already do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've been blessed to um, be on the forefront of a lot of um, musical genres. Prior to that, you know, me and my two brothers, you know, we've been singing since I was 12, Louis 13, B was eight, okay. you know, so we started very, very young. So in my household, you know, that's what you do, you know, so um. Full Force, you know, a lot of people know us for the work we've done, uh, creating freestyle dance music with Lisa Lisa and uh, our own music being the first original R&B hip hop band um, with our success with UTFO, Roxanne Roxanne, um, the mega success we've had with the Bashy Boys and NSYNC and Britney and first introducing the world to Nicki Minaj, who was signed to us first and um, being the only producer on the entire planet to write and produce an entire album on the godfather of soul, James Brown, which is truly a pinnacle to me, and a host of other people that we've worked with, you know. And, of course, I could, could not uh, thank my brothers, the Hutton brothers, for blessing us with the historical parts we've had in House Party. So, um, you know, uh, the journey continues. There's still more to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. That that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and since you were twelve and thirteen, that's wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> so we learn something new every day. Oh yeah. But so, so 
So it was a theme in your household. So that I was going to ask that question. What inspired you to pursue a career in music? And how did you like get your start in the industry? Right, right. Well, you know, what inspired me was my family, my dad, my uncle Sita, my uncle Paul. They was part of one of those duo groups back in the day, you know, so that was the inspiration. And then uh, later on, they found out that I had a voice, you know, so I was singing with them. And then later on, my uncle and my father showed my taught my brothers how to sing and we formed a group together. So, I mean, that was the inspiration. Just, you know, I had an ear. I, I, to this day, I still can't uh, read music. You know, I play maybe with one finger the piano, but I, I have an ear and I have a gift to, to write songs, as we all do, you know. And that's one thing about Full Force, you know, we all share everything. You know, it doesn't matter who wrote it or who produced it. It'll always build the brand, Full Force. So that's what inspired me, you know, just the family, you know, and you had no choice. That's just what you're going to do, you know. So it was a wonderful thing. And um, being signed to major labels when we was 15 and 16 that you, these labels you never heard of, but they were huge back in the day, you know. But okay. when later on, when we started really uh, uh, writing and uh, to the labels right now that's out, that's when success really, really came, you know. So it was it was interesting, interesting. My mother still has all the rejection letters from all the labels that turned us down to this day. And what inspired you to bring bodybuilding fitness and training right. into urban and pop music industry. Because that's a big thing. Like you, you influence a whole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, several generations, right? To change yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, in terms of health and fitness. So, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full Force was the first, but mainly me, because that was my thing, because training and bodybuilding had changed my life. You know, I, I mean, when I graduated high school, I mean, I think I weighed about a buck 50. You know, I wasn't tall, you know, and working out, you know, it changed my life. And I know that there were always some physically fit people in R&B and hip hop, but no one actually put it out there, put it in your face the way Full Force did, the way I did. You know, I made sure I put it in the videos and training and working out and incorporating. And because of that, um, throughout the years, I've stayed consistent with that. And I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to inspire literally millions and fitness and bodybuilding, um, from Michael Jordan to Buster to 50 to M to Dre to host of others, you know, uh, inspired a lot in terms of training and working out and bodybuilding and staying in shape and putting that into R&B and hip hop. That was, that was my thing along with being different, you know, cause when we came out, we dressed like rockers, you know, with ripped shirts and headbands, and mm-hmm. boots and whatnot. So we dressed like rockers. Uh, we had a pop pen. We had our R&B sensibility, but being from Brooklyn, we had a hip hop attitude. So no one really knew how okay. to figure us out, you know? So it was, uh, we was definitely ahead of our time. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's definitely we're ahead of your time and now it's catching on eh? mm-hmm. because everyone is incorporating it. Right? And this is not like you were the first to do it. Right. So it's important that everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what led you to pursue acting? Oh, man, that was a blessing. Well, my dad, early on, my dad always taught us that a singer is an actor. You know, you you don't sing the song, you become the song. You know, you, you live it, you know, and true actors do that all the time. So when I'm in a song, you know, you know that's why so many uh, hip-hop artists 
was able to migrate into acting because when you rap and a lot of it's autobiographical, a lot of it's from real life experiences, or you literally become your lyrics. So that's how I was always taught, you know? So to make the transgression into acting was easy because felt we was doing it anyway. You know, our first movie uh, was me and B Fine when we did Crush Groove, you know? Uh, it was it was enjoyable, but it was easy. We were just being ourselves, you know? So um, to, 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 to go to house party was just a blessing because, you know, we was given free reign to do everything. We created the, every line in the movie. We created ourselves and the Hutton brothers gave us the, the, uh, the ability just to flow and change things. And, um, we just became into it, you know? So it, it was just a natural flow, you know, cause a singer is an actor, you know? Yes. Wow. That's it. And what was your favorite role? Um, Actually, hmm, if I think about it, my favorite role wasn't the most popular because um, I was part of a stage play. I co-produced a stage play called Then Sings My Soul. And in that, I played the only male in it. And it was a stage play, you know, soon to be taken to Broadway. And that was my favorite role because, you know, I really came into that. Uh, you know, I would go to the beginning of the stage and I would tell, uh, I would yell, I would come out of character and, Yell to the audience, I tell the guys, no king puts his hand on his queen. I had no queen puts his hands on her king. And, you know, so I'd get into that because I love to engage and love to get close. So when you're doing theater, you can really, really get into it, you know. So I think that was my favorite role. But my most popular, of course, was Stab as House Party. Okay. Okay. Great. If another question for you in terms of, like, what is something about the music industry that most people don't know? Mm. Oh my goodness. Well, boy, I, I think the main thing is that it's changed so drastically. I mean, when we came out in the, in the mid late eighties, it was the best time for music. Everyone was just flowing. I mean, the money was vibrant, you know, it was, it was, it was exciting, you know, you can do all kinds of genres, you know, so they don't know that it's changed. It got somewhat diluted. You know, because now you can just get a Fruity Loops program and boom, I'm a producer. So next thing you know, it got crowded and then people was just overspending. So the music industry changed in that regard. And then, um, unfortunately, uh, the music industry is full of people with hollow promises and empty lies, you know, and a lot of people don't want to lose their job. So they're not going to take a chance. So then people was forced to say, well, you know, we have to be our own corporation. So artists had to change and really become their own business entity, you know, the marketing, the promotion, do it all yourself. Because um, once you've put the groundwork in it, now it's more likely I'd rather take a chance now because you've done the groundwork. So it's changed a lot and people don't know that. But fortunately, it's getting back to real music and real songs, you know, so that's a blessing. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. And what's a project or collaboration that you're particularly proud of? Hmm. Oh, let's see. Um, there's a couple of them, you know, one on the personal note, you know, um, Lou wrote a phenomenal song called Thanks to My Child. And it was done by our beloved show, Pepsi Riley. And what it mm. meant to people, how it impacted ladies. I mean, before my musical ship came in, I was a 
eligibility specialist three. It's pretty much a social work and I had a hundred sixty clients. So, you know, the single mother is a sacred thing, you know? So um that song really I mean it shot to number one so fast. So the fact I love that song yeah. too. Just <laughs> like I like, yeah. Right. We're young, but singing that song right. is yeah. Right. And people were shocked to know that men wrote that song, you know? So that one was good for, for what it meant to women, how impacted single mothers. It literally literally saved a lot of lives, that song too, you know. So that that hits home for me. But personally, I would say my biggest achievement is working with the Godfather Soul. That was an amazing time. Not just one song, the whole album. It was <laughs> learned a lot. Spoke with him, shared private times with the Godfather, Mr. James Brown, and uh that was an amazing experience, no question. Wow. I love James Brown as, as well. When I was younger, sure. I would dance around. My grandparents would say, hey, look at her. Watch. She's going to imitate James Brown. And I'm like, sliding around and everyone thought it was cute because I was a girl. Right. And they're like, okay, she really has his moves. Like, you know, but that was, I thought I was going to be an entertainer. I would just, nice. you know, look at stuff. Yeah. And just, yeah. So he, he was amazing. And like, what was a turning point in your career, like, <clears throat> well, there's there's couples because most writers, most producers, most artists, you have your own cycle of up and down, up and down. You have a few that stay consistent for years, but then um, there's a few turning points. You know, of course, the main turning point is when we did came back to back with UTFO's Roxanne, Roxanne, and then before that can cool down, um, we're we're credited with creating freestyle dance music. Because then when we came with Lisa, Lisa, and Nicole Jam, which we managed all our acts, wrote all the songs, produced them. So when we came with that one, it was, oh, it was done because they've never heard anything like that, you know? And it exploded, you know? I mean, we could do no wrong at Columbia. And then the next album, you know, it continued because we decided to take her pop. So we did a song called Head to Toe, Lost in Motion, went straight to number one. That was a turning point there because then the phones would not stop ringing. Everybody wanted to produce them, you know? So that was a, that was, that was a turn. That was, that was one turning point. There's several though. There's several. Okay. And what was a major challenge in your career that you had to overcome? Um, musically it's, you know, knowing that the music was changing and then, when you cool down and sometimes people aren't answering your phone no more, you know what I mean? And unfortunately that happened mm -hmm. a lot within the black community, within black music, you know, it's like, uh, what have you done for me lately? You know? And with a lot of white executives, it's once a hit, twice a threat. I'll take a listen, you know? So we said, okay, we see where this is going. We'll be back. We're going to do these kids over here. Uh, no one's heard of these kids. They're, they're insane, bashy boys. No one knew what they, who they are. We're going to go over here and do that success. We'll, 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 be, we'll be back in a minute. You know, so we, it was next thing you know, that pop invasion took off with Britney, Backstreet, NSYNC, LFO, Black Eyed Peas. That was a huge turning point as well. Okay. Wow. And I guess, like, what led you to, what, how did you become involved in cancer advocacy? Like, I know you had your, your was it your personal mm -hmm. uh, battle? Like, how? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when I was diagnosed in 2006 with my first cancer, 
I'm like, wow, you know, um, it shocked everybody because I've always been in incredible shape, you know, but I was always, before cancer came, I was always a prime advocate of the mind-body-spirit connection. I use it when I'm working out. I use it in the gym. I just use it in life. You know, so the fact that uh, if you take a moment to digest, I never asked myself why, you know, I was too busy on trying to interpret this. And uh, when I was discovered it was the third going to the fourth stage of mantle cell lymphoma, which is an incurable non-Hodgkin's, um, but uh, I always felt that it didn't apply to me because I'm special, I'm different. And I always felt that way, you know. And uh, a true testament that he gives his toughest battles to his toughest warriors. So um, got treatment for that one. And then um, my dear Dr. Paul Anthony Hamlin, you know, he said, let me test your two brothers to see, you know, where there's a match. And as it turns out, lose a 10 for 10 match. So we knew we had that. So four years later, when it came back, um, and it came back much more aggressively, you know, got treatment again, had to go 14 days in a row, twice a day, triple dose, high intensity chemotherapy. And it was, a, it was mm-hmm. something else. But I always knew that he was putting me through something. So when it's time to step in my next season, my words of life and death is true. And that was my interpretation. You know, so I would talk to him out loud. Gee, what you doing? What you up to, man? What, 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 what's going on with you? What, what you? Uh, oh, I see. I get it. I get it. You, you know, sometimes you have to go through to get through. Okay, let's dance. You know, so that was my mindset. So I always knew I had to do more than just live a successful life, you know. And uh, thanks to our dear sister, Kathy Hughes, by saying, hey, let's put it on Unsung. And it broke records, became the most watched episode in TV One history, along with music people that know we did. So um, I, I, I knew my, my, uh, my instruction was how can you touch change and save lives. So um, that's where it's at right now. I use the music because the music is a gift, you know, and life is love, but the purpose is how can I keep impacting lives? That's amazing. And what are your most meaningful um, moments with regard to your work to the with the Paul Anthony Foundation and Paul Anthony Cancer mm-hmm. Champions Initiative? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a, a bit about both of those? Yeah, yeah, well... You know, the Pauline Foundation, I'm in the midst of putting together a wonderful, wonderful concert called Champion the Fight, which is basically walking in victory before you step on your own personal battlefield, whatever it is, you know. And now, I mean, for the past 10, 15 years, people come up to me or stop me for anything, not just cancer, but any of life's challenges because of the way I was so cavalier and forward moving with it, you know? So people will always ask my advice, how I'm doing this, how I'm doing that, how do I do this, how do I eat, how do I train? Because, you know, for someone who's been through three cancers, this last one being uh, uh, leukemia uh, and two bone transplants, but still look the way I look and feel the way I feel, you know, I. They want to know what have you done? What were you doing? So I get that all the time, you know. So now, you know, one of the main things I try to do is tell people be proactive with life, proactive with your health, be proactive with love. Don't wait, you know. Never invest in wouldas or couldas or shouldas. Get checked out. Be forward moving with your with your with your health. It's very key. So that's one of the things I try to do, you know, because um, one of my phrases: proactivation times integration equals eradication. You know, once you're proactive with life and love, then you're more tuned to uh, uh, 
eradicate disease and, 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 and make some things, but you got to get to it. So that's what we're trying to do. We know we're going to do, you know, and just bring awareness, you know. That's incredible. And just to piggyback, oh, just to go back for a moment, what is it that you do physically, right? right. You said a lot of people ask that question. So yeah. just maybe two, three nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the body doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to change. You have to change. You have to change it. You have to train it, particularly when you get older. If you want to stay the way it is. So I will always do things to change up, you know. I change up, like when cancer came, I changed everything. I changed the way I ate. I changed the way I sleep. I changed the people you hung around because sometimes, yeah. sometimes the worst. I tell people the worst cancer is not the three that I had, nor is it lung cancer or pancreatic cancer. The worst cancer, cancer of the spirit, and the way you change that is with a steady transfusion of love. So sometimes you have to make change, and you know, unfortunately, black people we don't like to change. You know, we like to say comfort. No, 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 no. Sometimes you have to change certain things. So I will change my workout routine. I will change uh, the order, uh, the time, um, uh, how I train, you know, how I hold this, my circular breathing. There's all these things that you can do to make the body acquiesce to what you want it to do, you know? So my advice was um, don't get too stagnant with things. Always change up certain things, you know, and and don't get lazy. Sometimes we're lazy, man. Listen, tomorrow's not promise. We all lost a lot of people during this COVID. So that that uh, should warn people that you, know, you want to stay in shape physically, mentally, energetically, and spiritually. Yes, that's great advice. And how has, and you sort of touched on it, but how has cancer impacted your perspective on life in your work in the music and, and entertainment industries? Yeah, I mean, it's just like that, you know, just living every day, you know, enjoying it. And, and uh, see, I'm, I'm always on the move. I'm always like, go, I got to go, do this. But sometimes he has a very unique and profound way of slowing you down. He'll tap you on the shoulder so you can hear the word. And then (laughs) he'll do that. He'll say, "Uh, do this. But if you're hard-headed like me, then he's going to say, okay, let me hit you up the head with this sledgehammer so I can get your strict attention. Mm -hmm. So once you're confined to a, a 12 by 18 room with a, pick line in your arm and a caffeine in your chest and you reverse isolation, you can't go nowhere. That's when you know, okay, he's got something for you to hear. You know, that was my interpretation, you know? So that's how it has impacted me in a way that, um, you know, you want to really enjoy life. You want to leave a mark. You want to do certain things because you just don't know. And unfortunately, unfortunately, life is meant to go on within you and without you. You know what I mean? So uh, I, at the uh, at the table of life, I leave nothing on the table. I just enjoy. Uh, and how do you balance your passion for health and wellness with your busy schedule as a musician, actor, and cancer advocate? Yeah, that's, that's the hard part, because you know, sometimes things get very, very busy. Like this morning, I'm like, okay, I know I got to be on time with Kwanda's interview. I right. We get to the gym. I was in there early this morning, just doing my cardio and staying, staying in shape. And I'm doing business while there. You know, people know me in my gym. I I may be singing, writing a song while I'm doing bench press, whatever the case may be. But I, I have a state of art gym right here in my basement, so I'll get it in 
and then come back and do business also. So like anything, life is balance. Life is balance, you know? So we have to keep striving to find that balance, you know? And, uh, you know, it can be done. It can be done. Just balance things out. Just balance it out. Planning yes. is, is key. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay, and how is your... How has your upbringing and your family influenced your career and values? I know you sort of mentioned some of that at the beginning. Yeah. How has your upbringing and your family influenced your career and values? You know, once again, just appreciating things. A lot of a lot of credit goes to all our parents, you know, our cousins, their parents. But in particular, I think about my parents, you know, a lot of time, you know, even when they were uh bumping heads with one another, they never let that affect us. And we were always close. Me, Lou, and B, we were always close when we were kids. Um, so just the, just having that that bond, that strength, brought you through a lot of things. Because the music industry is very, very challenging. You know, throughout our entire career, I've never did any kind of drugs, any kind of smoke, anything, you know, because dad, you know, he instilled that in us, you know, so that had a profound effect on us as a family, you know, and then we shared that with people. That's why right now, you know, whether it's in hip hop, whether it's in pop, whether it's in sports, um, whether it's gospel music, we're always greeted with love because we come and go in grace all the time. You know what I mean? So that has a lot mm-hmm. to do with how we were shaped and molded early on, you know, so the family definitely plays an important role. Wow, that's that that's great because you like during that time period, especially in the eighties, it was yeah. it, my understanding is it was a wild time. So yeah, man. Yeah. Lock on. <laughs> Lock on. <laughs> yeah. So how do you see the role of music and entertainment in promoting social change and advocacy? Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's key and it's important. That's why, you know, a lot of our presidents, you know, uh, the Obamas, you'll see a lot of celebrities there. That's why Jay-Z became very close because, you know, we have that influence, you know, and you want the young to follow you or you want the other, other sect that may not be on, on the politics, but if he's in it, I'm in it. So it plays a, it plays a part, you know, um, <laughs> it plays a part because sometimes the politics we got a lot of actors too. That's a whole other thing. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> you know, keep it a buck. But um, yeah, no, it plays a it plays a role, you know, because you know whether sports, entertainment, there's influence, and people want to follow us. People want to know well, what you're into, what are you doing, you know. So, yeah, it's always been that way, always. Great, and so, what do you? What sort of legacy do you want to leave behind through your music, health, mm-hmm. cancer awareness, and advocacy? Yeah, I. I Everything, you know, we've been considered legends for now 30 years, you know, so everything we do has to be global. Everything is legendary because what you do impacts people. The fact that um, start coming from, you know, living in Bed-Stuy, black and white TV, we turned the channel with pliers. That's how hard it was to come from that, come from singing on the street and um, going to the Apollo when we were young and winning amateur night to be regarded as legends and success in every genre, that alone is, is, is legacy. That alone is leaving it, you know? So, and you know, I find great joy knowing that years from now, I mean, I find great joy now when I've seen at least 
man, I've seen at least two, 300 weddings where people got married and the bride and groom was rocking in my type of height, you know, from a house party. And they weren't even born when we did that. You know, that's how you live forever. And I've always, that was always my goal. How can I live forever? You live forever by what you leave and, and what you do and who you impact, you know? So that's very, very important to me, you know? And I love the fact that it's, it's, it's still, it's still going on. I, mean, I ain't done. No. Absolutely. So, um, by my last question and not really last question, but is there any like, uh, any words of wisdom that you would like to leave for the listeners, anything that they can just, you know, take from you to help them on whatever, you know, journeys or, you know, adversity, anything that they're dealing with at this very moment? Is there anything yeah, that you can leave yeah, our listeners? Yeah, yeah. Because I talk to a lot of kids when I'm doing speaking engagements and, and, and sometimes lectures and engaging with people. And I find that... Um, you got to be fearless with life. You got to be fearless with love. You know, um, some people watch things happen. Some people, some people make things happen. Don't be afraid to take a chance. What I'm afraid of is not taking a chance. And, and, and I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not afraid of rejection. I was always the little, I was always the short guy in the club. Back in the day, you go to the club, the girls on one side, the guys on the other side. And I'd walk in and said, well, why is this? Oh man, I didn't ask her to ask me. She going to chump me. I said, but how is she chump me when I'm me? I don't get it. So I'd be the only guy going down the line. Want to dance? Let's like dance. Can you dance? Let me have this. You want to dance? Let me dance. Because in my mind, somebody going to say yes. And it's okay. Mm. I can go with a rejection. I can't go with not taking a shot. That's not good. So you want to take a shot, you know, and, and, and keep going. You know, that's one advice, you know. Like I said earlier before, don't invest in would or could or should Go for it. Do it, you know. It's all out there. The information is out there. Become educated. You know, while I was getting thrown out of every record company, I said, you know what, the best way I can kill time, because there was never a doubt that I was going to make it. I knew we were going to make it. I just didn't know when. So I said, the best way to kill time is getting education. So I got my bachelor's degree in accounting because I knew when we made it, I'd be able to apply that and do year-end statements, go after, go over things with my accountant. You know what I mean? So you can find Yeah, shout out to the accounting industry. <laughs> yes. So you can follow your dream, you know, while getting your definite, I say, you know, so do that, you know, and um, just pay attention, pay attention to the signs, because sometimes the universe has a very unique, profound way of sending messages. Pay attention to the signs. They're there, you know, and just act on it, act on it, and then just go and navigate to gravitate, navigate, to accentuate, navigate, to elevate from negative people. Sometimes, you know, negativity can come from the most unassuming places, but you know what you feel mm. and say, oh no, I got to go. I love you, but I got to go over here, you know, and, and, you know, don't be unapologetic about it. That's why I am, you know? So that's one of the things I believe people. Oh, that's incredible advice. Listen, I'd like to thank you again for joining the show, the legendary Cole Anthony. 